I'm not 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
She's knocking. Oh, oh, she's knocking. Oh, oh, she's knocking. There's a time and place for everything under the sun. Under the sun. So that's Hakol. So and this song is also called Hakol. Hakol Yeducha.
J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, Arab Shabbos. The dinner section of the brand new album by Mordechai Shapiro and the Freilich Band. Entitled, Sing It. Sheves Haverim had me'ain. You heard Akol Yaducha. That was Avram Rosenblum and the Diasperados off of our uh, amazing Lagba Omer celebration. How long ago was that? Let's see. Today's the 1st of Tammuz. That was the 18th of ER, right? So not even a month and a half yet. And already a uh, already being inducted into the annals of great live radio presentations. <laughs> Just a few weeks later. <laughs> By the way, we're going to dedicate that song to uh, Mike Zions and everybody up at Hamilton Kosher in Hamilton, Ontario. I don't know when I'll reunite with Mike. I know they have uh, restrictions up there in Canada that we are uh, that we're not used to here in the U.S. So I don't know exactly when I'll be uh, able to visit him, but we do visit him via the uh, JM and AM broadcast every day, which is pretty cool. And he's spreading the word in Hamilton. He is. He's telling everybody, "Hey, you want to enhance your day? You turn on the Nahum Siegel Network." So thank you, Mike. Uh, Moshe Hecht with Heart is Alive. Thank you, Hashem. That was Joey Newcomb. Yaakov Shweki, brand new with Bosch Shabbos. Loma Speak Lahodot, Udi Davidi here at JM in the AM. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Friday, June the 11th, the first of Tammuz. It's the second day of Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. Today, all the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh. Yalaviyavo, Half Halel, Special Torah Reading. Musaf Barachinavshin, whatever your custom calls for. Make sure you uh, include what needs to be included on a Rosh Chodesh morning. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Korach with candlelighting time at 8.07 on this on this uh, Erev Shabbos. 8.07 official candlelighting here in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. 62 degrees with 63% humidity. Winds are east at 9 miles per hour. Cloudy with a high of 71. Then tonight, low of 62. And tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a high of 75 degrees. Ooh, interesting Shabbos weather, I must say. Yerushalayim is at 79. We're at 62 here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM and the AM and wish everybody a good Chodesh. 21 minutes before the hour. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining us. Well, normally we'd be an hour away from our weekly update. Malcolm Honline, who last week was in Israel and because of a whole bunch of Friday meetings wasn't able to join us, actually has a family simcha this morning. Yeah. Slapped onto the calendar apparently at some point in the last couple of weeks. Um, so our next weekly update will be one week from today on June the 18th, on June the 18th, uh, today, uh, toward the end of the seven o'clock hour, we're going to check in with Dove Lippman, former member of Knesset. We'll get his opinion on a whole bunch of stuff, including the new coalition in Israel. Plus there's some good news for those of us who desperately want to travel to Israel. And in fact, until yesterday's news came out. I didn't realize how much I missed Israel, as much as I've missed it, and believe me, I've missed it. When this news came out, I was emotional. Apparently, apparently, oh, it does look like the coalition agreement's been signed. Wow. Apparently, um, there has been a declaration that individual tourists will be allowed into Israel starting on July 1. That is apparently what's going on. Uh, Tourism Minister Orit Farkash HaKohen made the announcement. A health 
ministry officials said the statement was premature. So I don't know what to believe. Maybe Dove Lippman, when he comes on, will be able to shed some light on this. He is very involved in Israel diaspora affairs, so we can ask him if he has any type of more definitive opinion or impression about what's going on. But the announcement was that vaccinated individual tourists are going to be allowed in Israel starting July 1. Um, so there'll be an expansion, according to the minister, of the entry of individual tourists starting July 1. The time has come for Israel to open up the tourism, take advantage of its status as a vaccinated country for the benefit of its economy. According to the Interior Ministry's letter, in consultation with the health minister, the foreign minister and professionals from different ministries was decided to allow vaccinated people coming from countries determined by the health ministry to enter Israel according to a shortened process that will be formulated in the coming days. A spokesperson for tourism told the Jerusalem Post the decision will not require any further approval by the government and there won't be any limit on the number of visitors allowed in. Only vaccinated travelers and not those who have recovered will be allowed in. So if you have if you have um, antibodies, so to speak, apparently that won't be enough. You've got to be vaccinated. You'll have to present your vaccination certificate before boarding the plane as well as the results of a PCR test. So, um, yeah, the PCR test is obviously a pain in the neck. You'd love to just go with proof of vaccination, but all right. Obviously, if I have a, a choice, I'm going to do this in order to get into Israel. The questions about which vaccines are going to be accepted and whether tourists are going to need to undergo a serological test to prove the presence of antibodies in their blood to avoid quarantine, as it is now required to anyone who's vaccinated abroad, is still under the discussion. However, health ministry officials said that the statement was somewhat premature and connected to the imminent change of government. He said that while it's true, this is the direction that, re- that relevant officials are working toward, Farkash Cohen's announcement was rushed. Many details uh, need to be worked out. He also did confirm that July 1st is the goal. Uh, what else? Decision will not require any further approval that we spoke about. Only vaccinated travelers we spoke about. So that's the story. That's what's going on. And um, boy, this will be interesting. The procedure to receive permission to travel is quite complicated. Um yeah, and, and meaning those who want to travel now. It, it is complicated. But hopefully July 1st, it'll be a lot less burdensome. That's the goal. Ah, let's hope that that's true. Anyway, Dove Lippman's going to join us. We'll talk about this and a whole bunch of other stuff coming up later on this morning here at JM in the AM. Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin, of course, on Parshas Korach. We're here until 9 o'clock. Um... Let's see what Avrami sent me regarding today's schedule. He's amazing, Avrami. What is going on here? Oh, I was wondering what music was playing in the background. Um, Naomi Nachman, has Yidel Steinberg of Bean and Spice and Ahuva Gottdiner of Homegrown Kosher, both as her guests between 9 and 10 this morning on Table for Two. Then the Arab Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Erev Shabbos Music Mix, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Uh, our final hour will begin about 7 p.m., brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler tomorrow night. Um, and then, of course, Sunday, Matis has JM Sunday. And that'll be um, 7 until 9 a.m. Eastern Time live, because Matis is remarkable. Another live show coming up Sunday. With Matis and JM Sunday here at the Nahum Siegel Network. 
All right, so that's the uh, that's the story. That's what we got here. Uh, that's what we're offering, and I'm glad you're aboard and tuned in. By the way, my rant about 24 hours ago about Shul made an impression. <laughs> I've been contacted by a lot of people about the uh, <laughs> the desperate need to reopen Shuls and to get them to the point where people are coming back in droves. Uh, I think it is time for rabbis to acknowledge the sacrifice that families and community members made to make sure that their members would have backyard minyanim during COVID. It is time for rabbis to recognize that. Make a breakfast in your shul, honoring all those who made sure to continue minyanim. But it, then invite them back. Then then tell them it's time to end it. Tell them it's time to get, you know, every, and if there's a specific feature of the backyard minion that's so attractive, whatever it is, a 90-minute davening, a big kiddish, whatever it is, maybe it's time to incorporate that into our shuls. Maybe like some of the really smart shuls in our community, and I have a couple in mind, who never allowed a breakaway minion to take place. If there was a breakaway, they insisted it take place in their own building, which is the way to go. Uh, maybe the, maybe there's a way to work that out, that the minion that you know has been taking place in the backyard that's so attractive and does not belong outdoors um, as we explained yesterday, maybe there's a way to bring it inside the shul. Yeah. So think about that. Think about that. And also rabbis, I'm going to give you a piece of advice based on experience. A lot of times members need to personally be invited back. A lot of times members need to personally be invited back. They're, I don't know. I'm not even suggesting that they're standing on ceremony. They just, you know, they need to know that they're wanted. They need to know that, you know, hey, we need you in the shul. We need you to do X, Y, or Z, or we need you to just be there a couple of times a week, which hopefully will lead to more than that. But we need you. We need you, and please come back. Please, you know, help us out. Help us continue to build our congregation. So I hope that that people out there, especially the rabbis, take this advice and just focus on what needs to be said to individuals and publicly to move on from this COVID situation. And I don't mean the health situation. I mean the situation that it created in terms of our service of God. Um, Rabbis, take heed. It's hard work, but it's doable, and your congregations will feel honored if they are both personally and as a group welcomed back uh, to the synagogue. JM in the AM. More coming up. Here's Kolachai. Simcha, Uptala, Tohemune, 
in the AM with Kolachai, Draw Ye Krab, before that Bowie Vishalom. Thanks for joining us on a Friday morning era of Shabbos, where we have amazing programming all day long, where we have amazing programming all weekend long. As we like to say, there's no need to touch that dial. Just stick with us all through the day, all through the weekend. We are your soundtrack for an era of Shabbos. I thank Mark Zomik, our music director for that. He makes sure of it. That every single Friday, we sound like your soundtrack for an Erev Shabbos. Thank you, Mark. Friday morning on this Rosh Chodesh. It's Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. All of the uh, traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh, as I like to say. Yalaviyavo, half Hallel. Special Torah reading, Musaf Barachinavshi, whatever your custom calls for when it comes to a Rosh Chodesh morning. Um, the yard side of the Lubavitcher Rebbe coming up tomorrow night. I know that a lot of people are going to be heading to uh, to Queens to pay their respects. 
I'm just reminding everybody it is a it is a large scene with a tremendous number of people, tens of thousands, that are going to be there on uh, on Saturday night and Sunday. So just be as careful and as cautious as possible. We know what it's like when large crowds gather and 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 people get a little bit uh, well either either via accident or people's uh, carelessness it gets. A little bit out of control, so be very, very careful. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. We'll play uh, my father's eulogy of the Lubavitcher Rebbe on the 3rd of Av, which was the day it was delivered, on the Shloshim of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. That's the Monday, July 12th. I may actually not be here Monday, July 12th. We're thinking of a vacation long weekend at that point, but whoever's doing JM name that morning obviously will present the uh, the hesped that my father did of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, which is frankly historic and uh, quite um, interesting to listen to. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday is next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. גריצה לשעה שתיים, שלום רב באולפן אל עזר בן לולו עם מה שקורה עכשיו. בדרך להשבעת הממשלה, מפלגת כחול לבן חתמה על הסכם קואליציוני עם מפלגת יש עתיד. בין סעיפי ההסכם, הקמת ועדת חקירה ממלכתית לאסון במירון והעלאת יהודי אתיופיה בשלוש השנים הקרובות. גם מפלגת העבודה חתמה על הסכם קואליציוני עם מפלגת יש עתיד, וההסכם הקואליציוני נקבע כי תוקם ועדה לשוויון מגדרי, בראשה תעמוד חברת כנסת מהעבודה, וגם סעיף הארכת חופשת הלידה וההורות. כתב התחום הפוליטי, יניר קוזין, מוסר כי כל ההסכמים כפופים להסכם הגג שיחתם בין יש עתיד לבין ימינה. את ההסכמים החתומים יגיש לפיד עוד לפני כניסת השבת, כיוון שהשבעת הממשלה תתקיים ביום ראשון. משפט נתניהו, הפרקליטות מבקשת מבית המשפט להבהיר חלקים מהחלטת השופטים, לפיה התביעה תצטרך לעבור מחדש על ההתכתבויות מהטלפון של מנכ"ל וואלה לשעבר אילן ישועה. הפרקליטות טענה בבקשה כי ישנם יותר מ-350 אלף פריטים בתיבת הדואר האלקטרוני של ישועה, וסיווגם עלול להימשך חודשים רבים. כתבנו לענייני משפט, איתי שריג, מוסיף שעוד נכתב בבקשה כי הבהרה של השופטים בנושא נחוצה לתביעה על מנת לדעת האם ההחלטה ישימה וכדי לשקול את צעדיה. הותר לפרסום השב"כ והמשטרה עצרו בשבועות האחרונים חשוד בביצוע פיגוע ירי לעבר שוטרים באום אל-פחם. היום הוגש נגדו כתב אישום. מהפרטים עולה כי מוחמד אגבריה בן ה-35 ירה באקדח על שוטרים בזמן ששהו בפעילות מבצעית במהלך התפרעויות בצומת הכניסה לאום אל-פחם בזמן מבצע שומר החומות. בעת מעצרו הוא השליך מגג ביתו רעפים לעבר כוחות הביטחון ופצע כמה מהשוטרים. מחקירת השב"כ עלה כי המניע לפעולותיו לאומני והפרקליטות ביקשה להאריך את מעצרו עד תום ההליכים המשפטיים נגדו. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון, דורון קדוש. מארגני מצעד הדגלים והמשטרה הגיעו להסכמה על קיום המצעד לציון איחודה של ירושלים ביום שלישי הקרוב. המצעד יצא מרחוב הנביאים דרך רחוב סולטן סולימאן עד שער שכם. שם, ברחבת השער, תתקיים הרקדה המונית עם דגלי המדינה. 
לאחר מכן ימשיכו הצועדים לכיכר צה"ל דרך שער יפו וייכנסו אל הכותל המערבי דרך הרובע המוסלמי ודרך הרובע היהודי, זאת מסיבות בטיחותיות. אם תהיינה התראות ביטחוניות, ההחלטה תונח לפתחה של הממשלה החדשה שתושבע ביום ראשון. ידיעה שהעבירו כתבותינו מוריה אסר וולברג ועשהאל פלד. בנתניה הושחתו ארבעה שלטי חוצות שפורסמו לקראת מצעד הגאווה שהתקיים בשבוע הבא בעיר. בסרטון שצולם אומרים המשחיתים, לא יהיה פה מצעד גאווה, הם ימותו. באגודה למען הלהט"ב קוראים לראש העיר מרים פייברג לגנות את האירוע ואומרים, אסור להכשיר שנאה ואלימות כלפי להט"ב בעיר. עשרות רשויות מקומיות מקדמות מרחב בטוח ללהט"ב, ואנחנו מצפים מעיריית נתניה לקדם את הקהילה הגאה בעיר, להצטרף אלינו ולתמוך בקיום האירוע באופן נחרץ. לשון התגובה ממנה הביאה כתבתנו שירה מן. מזג האוויר בהיר עד מעונן חלקית, תחול ירידה קלה של הטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות. Thank you. 
JM in the AM. Wasn't that, uh, now I'm confused. Wasn't that, I thought that was supposed to be the Am Yisrael Chai selection from Eitan Freilich. So confused sometimes by the way this works. Oh, that was Koamar. Oh, from, now I got it, the Am Yisrael Chai album. Eitan Freilich with, uh, with Koamar off of the album Am Yisrael Chai. JM in the AM, good morning. It's Friday, it's Rosh Chodesh, it's Erev Shabbos. So much happening, so much going on. What can I tell you? Always seems to be a lot of action around here. <laughs> oh, listener Cena sent me an announcement yesterday for a, a Mazel Tov wish. And uh, somehow I neglected to do it yesterday. I don't know why. Um, so I apologize for that, but we'll get to it later on. I'll let her know that. Uh, also, a, um, a long-time, very dedicated listener of ours has asked us to uh, continue to pray for Golda Bas Sarah Razel for Rafuah Shlema. Again, that is Golda Bas Sarah Razel for Rafuah Shlema. Please keep in mind, today and all through Shabbos, please keep in mind Golda Bas Sarah Razel for Rafuah Shlema, and we thank you very, very much for that. Well, Harry Rothenberg is... Whoa, sorry about that. There we go. Well, Harry Rothenberg is um, is all set with his words regarding uh, Parshas Korach. But before he gets to those words about Parshas Korach, he has a special message that he's going to kick off this segment with. Harry Rothenberg on Parshas Korach on a Friday morning Rosh Chodesh, Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. Hi, this is Harry Rothenberg, and I want to take this opportunity to wish a very happy birthday and many happy returns to Dr. Jay Bienenfeld, a wonderful friend of JM and the AM. can't give a begrudging apology. you got to give a sincere apology. I'll go somewhere between begrudging and sincere. Somewhere okay. between? Where between? I'll straddle the line. What kind of line? It's not completely sincere, and it's not completely begrudging. In a painful sequence to read, at the beginning of this week's Torah portion, Korach and his cronies challenge Moshe's leadership. Not surprisingly, two of Korach's comrades are Dusan and Aviram, Moshe's long-time antagonists. Moshe tries reasoning with Korach, but he gets nowhere. And then he sends out an olive branch. He sends a message out to Dusan and Aviram, a message of appeasement, of apology, words of peace. Right there on the spot, Rashi comments and says, from here we see that you should not continue a machlokas. You shouldn't continue a fight. I heard an explanation of this comment of Rashi that I think is a game changer for any of us who have ever been in, or worse, are currently in a fight or an argument with someone else. And here it is. Rashi seemingly could and should have waited a couple passages for that comment. He should have waited for a response from Dustin and Aviram. They don't just reject Moshe's olive branch, they rip it up. They respond outrageously, obnoxiously, and Moshe doesn't take the bait. He doesn't respond to them. That's what Rashi should have said. You see, Moshe didn't respond. From here we see, you don't continue an argument. But that's not where he put his comment. You ready for this? Fasten your seatbelts. He put his comment here to tell us that even if you are as right as Moshe, you're so right that God is on your side. 
And even if the person you're arguing with is as wrong as Dustin and Aviram, God's going to make a miracle and have the earth swallow them up. Doesn't matter. If you, Mr. or Ms. 100% right, don't take the initiative, don't go out and apologize, you, me, we are continuing an argument, continuing a machlokas. Two people with whom I'm very close recently were in a very, very bitter fight. They stopped speaking to each other. And I heard about it, heard the details. I didn't want to hear the details, but I decided that because I was close to both of them, maybe I could try to mediate, try to bring them closer. So I went to the person who I thought was right from what I had heard, spoke to them and said, I heard what happened, you have to apologize. And they said, respectfully, I think you have lost your mind because I'm right. And I said, let me tell you something. Usually when there's an argument, there's a whole lot of gray. It's not black and white. On this one, you may well have convinced me. It does seem black and white, not a whole lot of gray. You are right. And you have to apologize. They said, what are you talking about? So I shared with them this comment of Rashi and the explanation. I said, look, you're no more right than Moshe was. And they're certainly not as wrong as Dustin and Aviram. And yet you see, Moshe took the initiative went out with an apology, went out to appease, you've got to do the same thing. And they said, let me think about it. I'll sleep on it. The next day, I got a text from the person I had spoken to the evening before saying, I took your advice. It wasn't easy. I called the other person and I apologized. And we made up and we're speaking again. Thank you very much. And I got to tell you, I did the happy dance. So yeah. You're in an argument, and I'm talking to myself. Next time I'm in an argument, I hope it won't happen, but inevitably, you have a tiff every now and then, and you're right, I'm right, we're right, and the other person's wrong. We're as right as Moshe. They're as wrong as Dustin and Aviram. We, the people in the right, have to apologize. So go out and do that. Pick up the phone, send out that olive branch. I know you're right. Now go apologize, sincerely, not half-heartedly, not begrudgingly. So this is me apologizing. It's about as sorry as I can get. That's it? No good. No good. Too begrudging? Very begrudging.
JM in the AM. Evan Masu, words from Hallel. Eitan Katz here at JM in the AM. It's a Hallel day, or a half Hallel day. Today is Rosh Chodesh. Guten Chodesh, everybody. Dveikis at Kol Dodi. You heard Smachot from Yaakov Shweki. You heard the brand new Hine Elokeinu from Yaakov Shweki. And welcome to a Friday, everybody, on this Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. It's day one of Tammuz, the second day of Rosh Chodesh. On this era of Shabbos, Parshas Korach, 807 is candle lighting in New York. Again, 807 is a candle lighting in New York. Hey, I want to take this opportunity to say Mazel Tov on behalf of listener Sina. To my amazing nephew and niece, Avram and Ita Lawrence of Flatbush, and the marriage of their daughter Shima to Yankee Rimmer happened on Wednesday night. The wedding was over to top. Fabulous. It was wonderful to celebrate with you in person. Mazel Tov to the extended Lawrence Rimmer and Eisenberg families. Mazel tov to my brother and sister-in-law, grandparents of the Kala, Rabbi Mrs. Shimon and Hani Lawrence of Staten Island, the Rav Ruvain Feinstein, great-grandfather of the Kala. May we be Zoha to celebrate many more Simchas in good health till 120 with much love from Ancina. But we know her as Listener Sina from down in Florida. Thank you, Sina. Thanks uh, for all the good news. That you provide. Much appreciated. Rosh Chodesh with 62 degrees, clouds, and a high of 71. I want to thank those who've been donating at fjbunity.org. Thank you, those who've been donating at fjbunity.org to support our spring-summer campaign to keep JM and the AM and the Nahum Single Network going. Thank you, thank you. Special mention for the 20 times high donation to Cheryl and Dr. Jay Binnenfeld out in Cedarhurst. Follow their example. Go to fjbunity.org and give generously. And uh, for those of you who by mail and by computer have been donating in memory of Mayor Weingart, and that, and that list continues to grow, um, thank you. Thank you. What a great way to uh, remember Mayor, to honor his memory, and it's much appreciated. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app by, wow, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. There we go. And comment away. Malcolm Honeline last week was in Israel and because of a whole bunch of Friday meetings was not able to join us here at JM in the AM. Today, they slapped a family simcha on the calendar. And that's where the Honelines are this morning. So the next weekly update here at JM in the AM will be on the 18th of June the 18th of June for the next weekly update. Coming up, Dove Lippman, former member of Knesset and somebody who can shed some light on this news regarding travel to Israel will be joining us here at JM in the AM. So Dove Lippman is coming up. He will join us here at JM in the AM, and we will uh, we'll speak about that, meaning the uh, the rumors about what's going to happen regarding travel. And I'm sure we'll speak about some other stuff as well. It seems like the uh, the coalition deal, in fact, is going through, which is quite fascinating. That it made it to this point, I think, is amazing. I don't mean amazing, meaning, meaning in a positive way. I'm I'm not talking about the positive or negative of this whole thing right now. I'm just shocked. <laughs> I'm really, really shocked that it made it to this point, that they're ready to go to a vote uh, right after Shabbat. It's pretty amazing. Anyway, so um, all, all that discussion coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM. Here's Micha Gammerman. Hey, 
ברוך כל עליון, אשר נתן מנוחה, בנפשנו פדיון, מי שכבר נחה, הוא ידרוש לציון, פירה נידחה, אדן הטוביון, נפש ננחה.
Mordechai Shapiro, Ananach Numaspikim. Uh, before that, Micha Gammerman here at JMM. Friday morning on this Rosh Chodesh morning, all the traditional editions for Rosh Chodesh. want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. JewishWorldReview.com is amazing. If you want a resource where you can find thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world, you can print them out before Shabbos and enhance your um, education about this world over Shabbat. If you want to do that, which I know many people do, go to jewishworldreview.com at some point today, print out the articles, and enjoy. Or just get into the habit of checking Jewish World Review every single day. Simple as that, and I thank them. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He's with us Fridays, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time here at JM in the AM. Last week, Malcolm was in Israel and uh, his Friday meeting schedule, <clears throat> excuse me, did not allow for him to join us here at JM in the AM. Uh, I was informed in the middle of this week that the Honline family is celebrating a simcha this morning, a family simcha this morning. It sounded like it was a question of when this simcha would be celebrated, and it ended up being slapped onto the Friday morning calendar. That's how it sounded to me. <laughs> but <laughs> whatever the case is, we say mazal tov to the extended Honline family from all of us here at JM and the AM. So Malcolm is at a family simcha this morning. The next weekly update will be on the 18th of June, right here at JM in the AM. Former member of Knesset, Dove Lippmann, joins us five minutes from now. Former member of Knesset, Dove Lippmann, who hopefully can shed some light on the news about travel to Israel and more. Coming up, if you keep it here at JM in the AM.
He calls it the second dance from the brand new Mordechai Shapiro album with the Freilich Band. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and NachumSingle.com, and the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, is at a family simcha this morning. Our next weekly update, one week from today on the 18th of June, right here. At JM the AM. Erev Shabbos Parshas Korach, a guten Chodesh. It's Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. Second day of Rosh Chodesh and the first day of the month of Tammuz. Well, when we asked Dove Lippman to come on to speak about travel, to speak about uh, the diaspora, and to speak about the coalition, uh, it only struck us afterwards that he really could talk about this coalition. After all, when he served in Knesset, he was with the Eshatid party. Many of you may recall, former member of Knesset, now an outspoken advocate for Olim and their families, and frankly, many other important causes in Israel. Dove Lippman is with us live via telephone. Dove Lippman, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Nachum. It's great to be with you. Appreciate that very much. Let's start with this, uh, and, and I don't even know if it's fair to ask you because I don't know if anybody knows. We've heard this rumor, it came out of Israel yesterday from a government official, that there will be, let's call it for a moment, free travel. Obviously, you know, proof of vaccination, likely some type of testing will be required, but that's nothing compared to what you need now to get from the U.S. to Israel. And that all this would be happening starting on July the 1st. Can you either confirm or deny this very exciting rumor? So uh, I don't want to be a downer. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> hurt people's excitement. Uh, there was an announcement by the Minister of Tourism that they are meeting their goal, which was that by July 1st, they should be able to open the borders for those who are vaccinated. However, not so long afterwards, the health ministry said, we have not been part of that decision whatsoever, not so fast. So that's first of all. So we have to take a few steps backwards and see exactly what that means. Uh, I do believe, just from my involvement in the process, that there will be some significant advancement, but everyone has to understand that we don't exactly know what that means, because there's been a lot of concern about what is proof of vaccination. People could just make up their own proofs, and therefore Israel has to verify. So whatever it's going to be, it will be progress, but no one should assume at the moment that this means that July 1st, anyone who's vaccinated can hop on a plane, no issues whatsoever. We're going to have to see how it plays out over the next few days. And remember, we have a new health minister coming in on Sunday. We have a new interior minister coming in, transportation minister. Uh, there's a lot of factors involved here. It'll take a few days to sort through it. E even with the transition, and you just used the expression days, 
In all seriousness, a week from today, should we know a lot more? I do know that it's going to be at the top of the agenda for a lot of the new ministers. I know that myself, uh, I've already made contact with ministers and their staffs, and they all said we had to get into office, give us a few days. But it is at the top of their agenda. They do realize that there is a very significant crisis that's going on. When I describe to them what I'm experiencing on a daily basis, the people who are helping me, where it's literally day, night, late into the night, early morning, people suffering stress, sadness, the chaos, uh, waiting to hear back from consulates, interior ministries, people waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go wait online. It's chaos, and no one wants anyone to be experiencing this kind of chaos, certainly not new ministers who are coming, and they will have to study the situation, but we do plan on presenting it to them, and we do feel that, that will also be an impetus towards improved rules and processes. I, re- I really shouldn't spend much time on this next question, but I'm just so curious so you can give us a 30-second answer. Uh, I want to be fair to the listeners regarding the news of the day, but you're an American kid. I'm curious about your batting average. In the last 15 months, I can only imagine how many people contacted you about getting to Israel, many of them for really, really important reasons. I'm not at all minimizing that. What, what's your batting average? Do you, think, do you think you were able to help and get into Israel a significant number of those who were trying? The good news is that a 300 hitter is considered to be a good hitter, right? <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> uh, so if I look at it that way, look at it that way, I you know it could be an all-star team possibility, you know, hitting 300, scoring <laughs> some runs here and there. Um, it's, it, it's a very hard, it's a very hard process. Um, there's no doubt that on a daily basis there are people who we do get in, we do get in touch with consulates, we do get in touch with the interior ministry, people who are waiting down to the hour. I have to leave to the airport now. Can I get my approval? And on a daily basis there are numbers that we do get succeed in getting in and getting them their, their approval. But uh, the hard part of this is there's a large number that we are not able to succeed in helping, and the consulates are a few weeks behind. They're completely overwhelmed, uh, understaffed. I mean, they're working their hearts out. The interior ministry is that they're collapsing, uh, the, the branches, because of the number of emails and requests that they've been getting. And, and that's why I say, yes, there have been successes. And I'll also say we've also succeeded on a broader level in terms of getting policies changed. And right. I'm not going to sit here and take credit myself for that. Uh, there have been many people involved, myself, Michal Kotler, once from the Knesset, people at Nefesh Benefesh. There's definitely been a lot of people lobbying and working for change, and we've definitely succeeded uh, along the way. But now we're waiting for this big breakthrough, because the bottom line is, uh, thank God Israel is doing so well uh, with the vaccinations, and if they are proving to be so successful, there's really no reason why we can't put in clear mechanisms, clear testing, and get people in here who are vaccinated. But I do have to point out, nothing. this is important, there are a lot of questions today about this. Even if they say that people who are vaccinated come in, that does not mean that their children who are unvaccinated can come in. Right. And it means that even if their children below the age of six are allowed to come in, they may still have, may still have to do two, two weeks of quarantine. So right. everyone really has to take a step backwards and pause and really analyze exactly what the new rules and policies will be. All right, honestly, I'm, I'm hoping that a week from today we know a lot more. Dove Lipman is with us from Israel, former member of Knesset. Um, the, uh, you know, it's funny, we, we, we are watching carefully, and I'm sure on your side of the world you're watching it even more carefully, this coalition develop, uh, many of us predicting, not really a bold prediction, frankly, because <laughs> the likelihood is I still think that this whole thing will fall apart, but who knows? It's very possible the way it's going, it will not fall apart, because they're ready to go to a vote, it looks like, sometime on Sunday or Monday. Now you, because of your political experience in Israel, really 
can speak about this coalition. You were a member of the Yeshatid party at one point, and they obviously are one of the linchpins to this entire agreement. Do you think, number one, that this coalition is going to be formed next week? And number two, do you think it has some lasting potential? So the coalition, as far as I can tell, and everyone I've spoken to, will be formed uh, sometime late Sunday. Uh, it'll be presented to the Knesset. Their first vote is going to be replacing the Speaker of the Knesset with Mickey Levy from Yishatid, who is actually an incredible person and a great friend, and I'm really excited and happy for him, and I think he'll do a great job. But in terms of your question, you cannot underestimate, and most people do not understand this, the relationship between Yair Lapid and Naftali Bennett. That relationship began before the elections in 2013, and there's a thrust and there's an ability to sit together and work through issues that is not always the norm in Israeli politics. Right. And that is that, from my perspective, is what gives this coalition uh, a possibility uh, of lasting longer than many would think. Now, uh, obviously, when you have a far-reaching coalition from Yamina and New Hope, which outflanks Likud on the right, to Merit and, and Labor on the left, uh, it's very complicated, and they're going to have to make sure that everyone keeps their strong uh, ideologies to themselves and tries to govern, you know, in a broad socioeconomic uh, structure and, and, and platform, and that's what they're going to try to do. Yeah, and don't forget, uh, don't forget about the Ar- don't forget about the Arab Party. I mean, you didn't even mention them. Yes, now, correct. Now, the Arab Party. I think a lot of people uh, are misunderstanding exactly what's happening there. The Arab uh, parties lost a third of their seats in these past elections because the Israeli Arab population is sick and tired of their uh, elected officials only talking about the Palestinian issue, being anti-Israel nationalistic on that front, and they want help. They need help in education, in welfare, in health, in crime fighting, and all these kinds of other issues. And Mansour Abbas from the Ram Party has basically said, I'll put aside all the other uh, aspects, and let's focus on that, which is a smart political move for him. If he keeps to that, if he keeps to that and is able to keep his members of Knesset in check, then they have the potential of being these coalition partners who get what they need and allow the 61 to continue. I'm not saying it's going to happen. And if, God forbid, we have a security situation, they're going to be in a real difficult spot because then what do they do? Right. And that also could lead to the entire thing collapsing. Dove Lippman is with us from Israel. You know, and, and, and I'm sure you're you, – I mean, look, I don't have to, I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to preach to you about being out there and being associated with Yair Lapid. It's something you've been doing for a decade in one way, shape, or form. I know you actually left the party in, in, in 2018 officially, etc. I, I get all that. But, you know, I, I'm sure you have suffered uh, for being somebody who's willing to, you know, sit down with him and, uh, and, and you know, try to uh, progress and, 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 you know, do positive things. Uh, Naftali Bennett is obviously the target, especially from the uh, Haredi community of uh, of tremendous hatred right now because of what he's agreeing to do. Lapid, it seems, has never had a good reputation in many different parts of Israel, whether it be from the political right wing or the religious right wing. Uh, I, I can't imagine that there's an English speaker, certainly someone like yourself, who knows Yair Lapid better than you do. What can you tell us about the real Yair Lapid as opposed to what we see in the media and what his haters are always saying? Uh, I, I can say, having spent hours talking with him, both on politics and ideology, even talking about Torah, hosting him for a perm suit in our home, uh, is a different person that's portrayed in the media. Uh, again, you can disagree with his ideology to pull up politics, but as a person, 
uh, caring, uh, cares deeply about Israel. Uh, just think for a moment, has there been everyone, anyone who has ever given up the premiership uh, when they have far more right. seats than the other person just right. for the sake of a new government? Right. Uh, good, decent, upstanding, uh, and, uh, you know, secular in his background, uh, Believing in God, by the way, he even talked about, you know, his father was not. His father was a Holocaust survivor who suffered terribly in the Nod, but the Yair does. Um, you know, being culturally very Jewish in terms of various practices. And I think a uh, far more center than uh, right. people paint him as, and far more sensitive to the religious side than people assume. Dove Lippman, is it possible, is it possible... And again, I know that I will regret this when I walk into shul tomorrow morning, no matter what shul I go to. <laughs> Is it possible that Yair Lapid and, and whatever anti-Haredi rhetoric he espouses is it possible that he is concerned about the political and practical future of Israel, and he's not necessarily a hater of or anti-Haredi people or Haredi life? You know what? Forget that, that I'm standing on the phone. If Moshe Gaffney, okay, was on the phone with you right now, the head of Degala Torah, and was being honest the way he talks in closed doors, he would say uh, it's not a place of hatred, it's not anti-religion, it's trying to find a way to make things work in Israel, right. which includes an agenda that has Haredim who are not sincerely studying Torah day and night as their only pursuit, finding a way to balance Torah study with serving the country and working. That's what he would say. Do you think I can walk into Shul tomorrow morning? <laughs> if I manage to do so and people greet me with a smile, you'll be okay. By the way, that's not even a joke. That, that you've been able to navigate all this for a decade is frankly remarkable. Um, okay, Dove Lipman, uh, you know what's happening here. Again, on this side of the world, we see it a bit closer. You're 6,000 miles away, but it is scary. We're in a challenging time where government officials who normally support Israel and the Jewish people are not speaking out against the uh, anti-Semitism. That's happening now in this country and random acts of anti-Semitism, aside from government officials who are saying anti-Semitic and anti-Israel uh, things. Uh, they're being very quiet. That's on the government level. Uh, in terms of Jewish leadership, frankly, many of us are disappointed that there isn't more of a strong reaction to what's going on in this country than, uh, than is going on. And I'll, and I'll tell you, and I think you'll get this. I'm not today. I'm not worried about Auschwitz. I'm, I'm not. I'm not thinking that you know. Right now, the U.S. is becoming a concentration camp. But I am concerned about Paris. I'm concerned that we're going to end up in a, in a place if we don't speak up and we don't take action, where you know you need military guards from the local you know national guard uh, to stand in front of schools and shuls and protect Jews day and night, as you, I'm sure you've seen in Paris and other European cities. Uh, yesterday, um, uh, Flor Hassan uh, Nahum was with us, who I'm sure you know, and she was speaking about an actual solidarity mission from Israel to America. <laughs> like in the old days, it used to be in the reverse, but she was speaking about them coming a couple of weeks from now just to, you know, to, to pick up the ball and make some statements about what's going on here in this country and how people in Israel are standing with American jury and diaspora jury. Uh, I need to know your impressions of this whole situation. You grew up in this country. I'm sure you have certain very positive memories about being in this country. What do you? How do you feel we should be responding to all this in 2021? The, the first word that comes to mind, just in terms of what I see happening on my screens here, is heartbreak. Uh, having grown up in America, very openly Orthodox Jew, never experienced a moment of anti-Semitism in my life. 
playing in basketball leagues with the kippah, then making accommodations for Shabbat. Never, never experienced anything like this, and it's heartbreaking. It's scary. And there is a feeling in Israel of we need to do something for our brothers and sisters around the world. And I've certainly been in touch with Flora about the possibility of this mission, and we'll see exactly what's involved in it. Uh, one thing that I've learned, though, in, in traveling to parliaments around the world and college campuses, and even in some cases being shout, shout at and not being allowed to speak for a few minutes, is that uh, I, I, there's no solution to anti-Semitism, meaning I do agree we have to speak out, we have to be vocal, we have to point out the connection that anti-Semitism is racism, just like any other hatred towards any specific group, and, and try to make that connection. Uh, but ultimately, when it's all said and done, we speak out, we do what we can, there has to be protection and everything else. I don't believe, having sat in meetings, having been in, 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 in parliaments in South Africa and other places in Europe where you just see amongst parliament members the, the anti-Semitism, there's no solution to it. It's just something that we have to speak out against, be, be thinking about, protect our kids, and let everybody be proud Jews in the face of it. Uh, but I don't see a way to solve it, per se. And that's something which is very hard and very difficult. But sitting with intelligent people, and by the way, I've made the connection, as many have, between anti-Zionism being anti-Semitism, because you sit with people and share facts, figures, realities, and they still side with Hamas, and they right. still see Israel as monsters. There's no other way to explain it other than anti-Semitism. Right. And all we can do, yes, we cannot be quiet. We have to speak out. We have to be loud. We have to be proud of Jews. The response has to be to be proud Jews and not shy away. And I'm concerned for those kids on college campuses who are right. the ones that I'm in contact with who do feel like crawling into a cave and running away from their Judaism. And that's what we really have to try to fight against and bolster them. Not fight the anti-Semitism, but really more bolster the Jewish pride. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. The college campus is going to be a really, really big challenge, especially coming up in the fall. And uh, in addition to that, I think people who work in workplaces and, in, and even in government establishments uh, that, uh, you know, insist on releasing, you know, anti-Israel statements or, you know, insist that their employees sign on to anti-Israel um, um, proclamations, whatever the case may be. I mean, the pressure that's put on those people is immense and we need to support them. It, it must be frightening to you. It has to be sad and frightening to you, though, on my first point, that government officials who, and you know what Congress is like here, you know, the support that Israel and the Jewish community of the United States gets from Congress. It must be sad and frightening to you that the typical members of the United States House of Representatives and the United States Senate are just staying silent on this issue. I would have definitely expected uh, louder voices, that's for sure. And I think that behind the scenes, there's certainly lobbying going on for that. Um, you know, you certainly want to see people speak out. Again, I have seen elements that have spoken out, but you certainly want to see it, you know, unanimous and across the board and very, very loud and very, very clear. Uh, I will tell you, I remember when I was in South Africa, and this is what concerns me the most, uh, when I met with members of parliament who seemed to side with the Jews and Israel, but they told me I can't say anything because my constituents are largely Muslim. Right. And I always wonder myself, does that mean that there's some kind of a changing tide on the ground in a lot of these congressional districts where congressmen who might want to support Israel, the Jewish people, could, are, are cautious with their words and how they say it and what volume, because they're looking towards their re-election every two years, which means that there's a change happening on the ground in the United States uh, on a deeper level than we even can imagine. Yeah. Look, there's a, there's a well-known United States senator who took on President Obama when he said certain things about Israel who's always been out there when um, uh, when the Iran deal situation came up, took the right side on that, took the right side in the 2014 war in Gaza, and on this issue and in this period of time between the most recent 
uh, war and, and the anti-Semitism issue has been completely silent. And I have a feeling that you're 100% right that someone like that senator is simply worried about re-election and protecting, uh, protecting his own powerful future. Let's put it that way. Very, Absolutely. Very sad. What can I tell you? Uh, Dove Lipman, first of all, you, you alluded to me uh, off the air that you might have a major announcement in the next couple of weeks. If you do, certainly feel free to join us again here at JMDM, and I certainly thank you for your time. And I hope we'll be able to reunite very soon in Israel because, frankly, after yesterday's announcement, I started the process of making a July reservation to get to the Holy Land. And like I said to you earlier, I hope a week from now I'm not disappointed. I do hope so, and I'll definitely check back in with you with updates about that and also uh, with the uh, new organization, which is going to play a role in this whole story as well. Much appreciated, and Shabbat Shalom to you. Thank you, Shabbat Shalom. Dove Lippman, former member of Knesset, worked with Yair Lapid. Look up his biography, folks. You'll see it. I don't think there's any Orthodox Jew who worked with Yair Lapid as closely as uh, Dove Lippman did. And um, there he is on an Arab Shabbat here Friday morning at JMNAM. Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, is at a family simcha this morning. Mazal Tov. He'll return next week at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time right here at JMNAM with the weekly update. Make sure to be tuned in. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, Spiritual Leader Emeritus, Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Just a moment. I thought we had Rabbi Yudin ready. <laughs> um, all right. Hang on one second. Computers are funny sometimes. You ever notice that? Computers can be very funny. They cannot do what you think they're going to do, and they can do what you think they won't do. Although I think everyone always points out that there's human error behind it somewhere, so I guess I'll take the blame. Why not? <laughs> this time each every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Chodesh. Nachum, good morning, everybody. Good Chodesh. Today is first day of Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, and tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas Korach. Pashas Korach, according to the Chinuch, contains nine mitzvos, five positive and four restrictions. And Pashas Korach is, ouch, another one of those challenging parshios. It's almost like, how could he do it? But that we can answer a little bit easier, namely, how does Korach, who our rabbis tell us was a brilliant man, as we're going to see, he had even nevuah, that he was able to see down the road that from his family would come forth Shmuel, Hanavi. So he said to himself, wow, I'm pretty good stock to begin with, number one. Number two, he was an usher, wealthy man. He was from the Nos Ha'aron. He was from among those that literally carried the ark. And those who are listening might correct me and say, excuse me, it looked as if they were carrying the ark. The ark carried them. And so how could he do this? 
The answer is, how does he challenge Moshe to say, excuse me, after all, there seems to be a little bit of too much nepotism here. Namely, you became the king. Good. Aaron becomes the Kohen Gadol. What about me? After all, we are cousins. Our fathers were brothers. And we're told at the beginning of Parshas Vo'era, where the Torah is discussing the progeny, and it goes just as far as the first three Shvatim. And we're told that regarding Levi, Levi had three sons, Gershon, Kahas, and Mirari. And Kahas had four sons, Amram, Yitzhar, Hebron, and Uziel. So, from Amram, the oldest son, came Moshe and Aaron. Yitzhar, the second son, the father of Korach, nothing. Hebron was the third son, and Uziel, his son, Elitzafan, became and was designated the Nasi of Bnei Kahas. Korach was slighted. In simple Hebrew, it's called Kina. And the Mishnah tells us in Avos, Hata'ava, Kina, and Kavod, Motsian Esa Adam Min Olam. Literally, it came true with Korach. This is what caused him literally to be taken from this world. The question I'd like to begin with is why? Why is this included in the Torah? After all, it seems to be almost like a personal affront to Moshe and to Aharon. So let it be included for sure for posterity in a medrash. We can read about it in the biography books. Why must it be included in the Torah? And why must we review it each and every year? And I believe the answer is so powerful. Korach did not only happen 3,500 years ago. Korach is still happening today. What does that mean? Rav Soloveitchik, Zichron Levracha, called very sharply the Korach challenge, the common sense rebellion. According to the Medrash, the smichos, the connection between what came at the end of Parshas last week, Shlach, and which is the paragraph and the mitzvah of Tzitzis, and the beginning of Parshas Korach, the Medrash explains, and Rashi brings it, that what did Korach do? He gathers the 250 men, well-meaning, and, listen carefully, he has them all dress in garments of blue of Tcheles. And he asks Moshe, these four-cornered garments require tzitzis, no question. But do they require that strand of blue? if the garment itself is blue. Moshe said, yes. And Korach said, wait a second, that's ridiculous. 
if one strand of blue can satisfy the obligation to the garment, here, if the entire garment is blue, we certainly don't need that one strand. So listen carefully, everybody. What is the criteria? If the criteria is common sense, maybe, maybe, Korach was right. If, however, we believe that Moshe, Kibel Torah Misinai, we believe that the Torah that we have comes from Hashem Yisbarach, that the Torah is not only Seichel Enushi, which means that man has the ability to grasp, but the Torah stems from Seichel Elokah, that it comes from God, and this is divine, then human logic and human knowledge does not become the yardstick to judge Torah and to connect and create Jewish law. Just as in other areas of the sciences and all other kinds of studies, namely mathematics, physics, medicine, there is a very specific kind of regimen and law, and you're going to sit at a doctor's office, and when he prescribes a particular medicine, because after all, he has studied and has had many years of experience and found this to be effective, and you're going to say, wait a minute, why not something else? Now, if you are a chemist or another physician, fine. But if you're a well-meaning layman, excuse me, you have nothing to say and to contribute to the discussion. The same is true with halacha. After all, women today have their place in society and a very respected place. A woman can become vice president of the United States. So many CEOs are very distinguished women. A woman can sit on the Supreme Court. Well, if a woman can do all of the above, why can't she not be part of a minion? And the answer is very simple. The same source that teaches that we require a quorum called a minion, which comes from the Torah, which comes from God, that same source teaches us that the ten have to be men. Now this is so important because we have this challenge going on about us today, here, and unfortunately still in Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, Parshas Korah is there to reinforce our strong connection to. And I urge you, bring to the Chumash, bring the Chumash tonight to the table. And aside from Parshas Korach, and the very beginning to see the Rashi, which I told you, regarding the garments, turn to Sheni in Vo'eschanan, in Devorim, chapter 4, Pasuk 5. And go quickly with me. Says Moshe Rabbeinu, Re'ei, take a look. Limadeti Eschem, I've taught you chukim umishpotim. Now you know what chukim are. Chukim are those laws which we cannot understand. Come back next week to the chuk of Paraduma. Come back. What's chukim? Shatnes. What's chukim? Midas kosher. Wonderful. 
Milk is kosher. Wonderful. I can't mix the two together. These are chukim, which I can't understand logically. I accept 101% because they were given to us by God. So Moshe says, take a look. I've given you chukim, those laws which you cannot understand, umishpatim, and those laws which you can understand. Kashet Sivani, as God commanded me. Now let's go to the next pasuk. Ushmartem vasisem, you shall guard them and you shall perform them. Kihi chachmaschem uvinaschem, because these laws represent, listen carefully, your wisdom and your discernment in the eyes of the people of the rest of the world. Asher yishma'un, that they're going to hear kolachukim What distinguishes us is not only those parts of Torah. Oh, that's interesting. That makes sense. Whoa. No, it's the entire package. And that's so significant and that's so important that as a result of this package of chukim and mishpatim, then the omru, then they are going to say, rak am chachom v'navon hagoi hagodol hazeh. Ah, then they're going to say, this is such a wise and this is such a discerning people. This is the essence of what Judaism is. And I tell you very quickly, bring to the table where you have to make room for the Gemara Bav Metziah. And there in Bav Metziah 59b is that famous story of the debate and the argument between two very distinguished rabbis, between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua. And what they were arguing over was whether a particular oven could be kashered. And Rabbi Eliezer said yes, and Rabbi Yoshua said no. And Rabbi Eliezer said, if I'm right, let the tree in front of the base medrash prove me right. And it walked down the block, the tree, whether it was a hundred amos or a few hundred amos, didn't go an inch or two. It went down the block completely, and the rabbi said, wait a minute, we don't decide Jewish law based upon the movement of trees. And he said, if I'm right, let the brook of water near the base medrash, which flows downward normally, which started to flow upward, no, we don't bring proof. And finally, let the walls of the base medrash, which started to lean to fall down, and Rabbi Yeshua said, don't you dare get involved, and let's stay that way, that we don't bring proof from. Finally, in desperation, Rabbi Eliezer said, if I'm right, let the heavenly voice proclaimed me and a baskol came out from heaven and said, what do you want from Rabbi Eliezer? And Rabbi Yeshua jumped up on his feet and said, excuse me, Hashem, the Torah is no longer up there. It's not yours anymore, but rather it is ours. And in our Torah, it says, we follow the majority and the majority follow Rabbi Yeshua. And guess what? That's the halacha. Even if he is wrong, he's right. And that's why we have, to this day, a very precious halachic system. Now listen to me. There are two words that sound very similar. And they are Yerusha and Morasha. What does the Torah say? In Zos HaBrocha, Torah Sivolanu Moshe. Moshe lovingly gave us the Torah. Morasha Kilas Yaakov. The difference between Yerusha and Morasha is is it an inheritance or a heritage? Somebody gets an inheritance, they can do with that inheritance what they want. 
They could invest it. They could squander it. It's theirs to do. It's yours. A heritage is you can borrow anything from my house, but you can't borrow that vase. Why? How much does it cost? Makes no difference. It only costs $100. But it came from my grandmother, who got it from her. Ah, it has so much history and has so much sentimental, but not just in our case sentimental. We recognize that this is literally from God, that at Sinai, God gave his Torah. And that's what we say in our bracha, that... HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Asher Baruch HaBanu, V'nosan Lanu Es Torah So. Literally, this is not just something which man is privileged to understand, parts of his Torah, but this is literally Seichel Elokah Mima'al. And therefore, we say, Kiheim Chayenu, that this is our life, the Orech Yameinu, and this, the entire package, is our uh, existence. And this is so significant, because what comes out of this is, back to the first parak of Pirkei Avos, Aseilachorav, you need a teacher, you need a Rebbe, you need a Rabbi who's going to guide you in Jewish law. Your common sense is not sufficient. And unfortunately, part of the very sad, tragic, uh, those factors which emanated from the pandemic that we are just getting out of now is that too many people lost that personal contact with their Rav, having davened at home and unfortunately not having that same opportunity and that connection with their rabbi has too often, unfortunately, been significantly lowered within their mind, within their actions, within their esteem. And this is something which must be restored. Asay l'cha rav. And I pray that as we are returning back to our Bote Knesios, in good health, the Jewish community is going to realize that because Kehem Chayenu, the incredible pride that we have, that the same Shabbos, the same Kashrus, the same Taras HaMishpacha that we are doing today, understanding it more, knowing it more, is that which was done by our grandparents and great-grandparents all the way back to Moshe Rabbeinu. Shabbat Shalom and good Chodesh to all. <laughs>
Shlomo Katz, Curry Bone, Friday morning, Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM. On this era of Shabbos Parshas Korach, candlelighting in New York is 8.07. Make sure you know when things start where you are. <laughs> People are asking me if this intervention that Miriam Wallach uh, proposed about me and Mechis at Aaron's Casino Farbs, if it's really going to happen. I think it was a joke, folks. I think it was a joke, but I will tell you that I'll be at Aaron's Casino Farms later today, and my obsession with Mechis still exists, and the fact that it's all under one roof right now is pretty amazing. So best regards to everybody at Mechis Deli and Aaron's Casino Farms. Uh, speaking of Aaron's Casino Farms, a good place to get all the A&H products that you need, A&H, all their hot dogs, their delicious hot dogs are in Trader Joe's nationwide. That's correct. So now if you're honoring your grad or dad or Hassan and Kala in the month of June with a nice barbecue, hot dogs, A&H, available at Trader Joe's. All of the A&H products are available at Aaron's Casino Farms and any other quality kosher supermarket nationwide. Also at kosherdogs.net, where if you use promo code radio, you get a nice 10% discount. Check it out, kosherdogs.net, and try A&H today. Oh, speaking of promo code radio, don't forget that um, Sina Mizrahi has the brand new book coming out entitled Good Food. Art Scroll says if you use promo code radio for anything at artscroll.com, you get a nice discount and you get free shipping with no minimum. So, you know the rule. Always use promo code radio at artscroll.com. And right now, if you want to pre-order Sina Mizrahi's book, uh, no problem. All you got to do is... Um, is go to uh, artscroll.com slash good food. Artscroll.com slash good food. And you can pre order the book. And I don't know if you heard the interview this week or not, but it, it's a great book. It really is a great book. Uh, the Nahum Siegel Network at 9 a.m. will have Naomi Nachman, table for two. She'll be joined by a Yidel Steinberg of Bean and Spice and a Huva Gottliner, Gottliner of Homegrown Kosher. Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos Show brought to you by Kedem starts at 10 a.m. The Arab Shabbos Music Mix brought to you by Kedem all day long. The last hour starting at 7 p.m. brought to you by Kedem. We are your soundtrack for an Arab Shabbos here at JMM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami will start at 9.30 with Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler on the Torah portion of the week. And Matis hosts JM Sunday. this coming Sunday between 7 and 9 a.m. live, of course. Matis is amazing, and I thank him very, very much. Partners in Torah, the program that has connected over 80,000 Jews to learn with one another, is launching a campaign to enroll another 10,000 Jews this year on their state-of-the-art matching platform. Help them make this happen by going to partnersintorah.org slash matching. Partnersintorah.org slash matching and help shape the Jewish future. Partnersintorah.org slash matching, and I'd like this audience to participate and really get those numbers up at Partners in Torah. Speaking of participating, I want to thank those of you who've already participated in our spring-summer fundraiser. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Many people donating in memory of Mayor Weingarten. Uh, if you haven't yet donated, uh, please return the envelopes we sent to you or go to fjbunity.org, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org, and be as generous as possible. Our friends at Bris Avram, let me see if I can do, oh, here we go. Our friends at Bris Avram present an evening of inspiration and reflection in honor of the Rebbe's yard site, Gimel Tammuz, happening uh, Sunday, June 13th at Bris Avram, 
Uh, it's open to men and women at 910 Salem Avenue in Hillside, New Jersey. Mincha will be at 7.30, then dinner. The program will be at 8 p.m. The guest speakers are by Levy Garlick, who is from Milan, Italy. Oh, Rabbi Garlick, yeah. Rabbi Garlick. Uh, Rabbi Levy Garlick is from Milan, Italy, and um, he'll be the speaker this coming Sunday at Bris Avram in the memory of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, so check that out. And Rabbi Kanelski and, of course, his entire family and staff invite you to come to Salem Avenue in Hillside, New Jersey, this coming Sunday. Well, Dr. Lior Gottlieb, Dr. Lior Gottlieb has prepared a series on the Shirei HaMa'alot in memory of our dear friend, Mayor Weingarten, Mayor Nachum Ben David, Mayor Nachum Ben David. Today, um, Dr. Lior Gottlieb is featured regarding, what did I just do? Oh, there we go. (laughs) The Siri thing is ridiculous. Um, Today, Dr. Lior Gottlieb explores Psalm number 123, Kuf Chaf Gimel. Psalm Kuf Chaf Gimel in memory of Mayor, Mayor Nachum Ben David. Here is Dr. Lior Gottlieb on JM in the AM. Oh, and by the way, I'm sorry. If you are looking for all of Dr. Lior Gottlieb's comments about Shirea Malot that he's already said on JM and the AM. There's a special page that has been designated. NahumSiegel.com slash Shear S-H-I-R. NahumSiegel.com slash Shear S-H-I-R. On Psalm 123, here is Dr. Lior Gottlieb in memory of Mayor, Mayor Nahum Ben David. The fourth Shir HaMa'alot, Mizmor Kof Kaf Gimel, Psalm 123, exhibits a seemingly inverted structure. It begins with the solution. Towards you do I lift my eyes, O enthroned in heaven. Then it justifies its complete dependence on God. As the eyes of slaves follow their master's hand, as the eyes of a slave girl follow the hand of her mistress, so our eyes follow Hashem our God in anticipation of His grace. The next verse is the actual plea. Choneinu Hashem, choneinu, kirav sava'anuvuz. Show us grace, Hashem, show us grace, for we have been the object of far too much contempt. Only now has the problem, ongoing derision, been stated, and then repeated in greater detail in the closing verse. Rabat sava'alah nafsheinu halla'agashananim, habuz lig'eyonim. Far too long have we been the object of scorn by the carefree, of contempt by the haughty. Even the first sentence of the Mizmor is inverted. Elecha nasati et enai. Instead of the more natural, nasati et enai elecha, or et enai nasati elecha, in both cases putting elecha at the end. Perhaps in this local inversion we can identify the rationale for the entire psalm's structure. By opening with the word elecha, towards you, the Mizmor places the focus not on the problem, but on the destination where its solution can be found, Eilecha, towards you, our God. This is the statement of the Mizmor, and it is therefore rhetorically advanced to the front of the sentence, and thereby to the front of the entire Mizmor. The word Hayoshevi in Hayoshevi Bashamayim is no different in meaning than the more common Hayoshev. The Chirik Yod at the end of Hayoshevi is not a first-person singular pronominal suffix. It is simply a hallmark of biblical poetry and is not to be translated. Just as Mikimi of Mikimi Me'afar Dal in Tehillim 113.7 does not mean he raises me, it means he raises. 
and the object of the verb mikimi is dal, the poor. Just as lehoshivi of lehoshivi nedivim in the following verse does not mean to seat me, it means to seat, and the object is the same poor man of the preceding verse, who is lifted up by God to be seated with the nedivim, the nobleman. This particular example is made much clearer by its counterpart in Shmuel Aleph 2.8, Mekim me'afardal me'ashpot yarim evyon lehoshiv im nedivim, which uses the more prosaic forms Mekim and lehoshiv. Hayoshivi bashamayim is therefore an elevated poetic way to describe the Kadosh Baruch Hu. Oh uh-huh. 
JM in the AM. Friday morning era of Shabbos. Shall show us, of course. If you'd like, um, if you'd like to see and hear what has been done so far in memory of Mayor by Dr. Lior Gottlieb, go to nachomsegel.com slash shear, nachomsegel.com slash s h i r. You'll find all the pieces that Dr. Lior Gottlieb uh, prepared and presented so far. Uh, the introduction to Shire Hamalot, and then chapters 120, 21, 22, and then today 123. You'll find that at nachomsegel.com slash shir. Erev Shabbos Parshas Korach, candle lighting at 8.07 in New York. A lot of synagogues around the world begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Great weekend programming, as we've been mentioning. Uh, join us all through the weekend, and if you have not yet had an opportunity to support our spring-summer campaign for 2011, 2011, for 2021, please do so by going to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And a big thank you to those who've returned envelopes and those who have already gone to fjbunity.org who have donated in memory of Mayor Weingarten, which has been so amazing to see the response in that vein. So thank you very much for that. Mayor's now gone three weeks. It is still so hard to believe. So hard to believe, frankly. Time to say good Shabbos. It's Journeys. It's JM in the AM.
time to say good Shabbos Cause all your work is done Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Israel and Achimachem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Friday. Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Naomi Nachman is next. Brand new edition of Table for Two. Mark Zamek, the Erev Shabbos show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Erev Shabbos music mix, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Final hour, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Sunday, it's live, Matis, between 7 and 9 a.m. Eastern time. Live edition of JM Sunday. Make sure to be tuned in. Have a fabulous Shabbos, a wonderful weekend, everybody. And uh, we will reconvene, please God, Monday morning at 6 a.m. right here on JM in the AM. Tell the Nahum Sigal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.